Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. What's more effective? A well-trained person with no equipment or a well-equipped person with no training. Well, in certain cases, I'd have to say that a person with proper training can get by with minimal equipment. But ideally, you'd like to have both. Lads to Leaders. Now, Lads to Leaders is known as a program, but I'd like to describe it as a process. You see, the name is the process. You take lads, young people, and you mature them into leaders. The process of lads becoming leaders is about both equipment and training. Young people are equipped with values, they are equipped with philosophy, and they are equipped with special skills. Lads to Leaders is not just learning to do, but in reality it's doing to learn. And as people participate in the Lads to Leaders program, they become well-trained and well-equipped to be the future leaders. And church leaders or community leaders, it, it produces leadership qualities in young people. The Lads to Leaders program is the legacy of Dr. Jack Zorn, who invented the program. If you're interested in participating in Lads to Leaders, ladstoleaders.com. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can contact Rhonda Fernandez, 321 321- Two zero two seven six zero zero three two one two zero two seven six zero zero lads to leaders dot com producing leaders in the church in the future in the young people of today. They gave us stuff to read in in school. Now I was older than junior high, but I was too young to drive, and. When I was in school, we didn't have VHS tapes. You didn't watch videos. If you saw a movie, you had to check it out from the library, and they put it on the reel-to-reel projector, and you had to have somebody qualified to run the projector. Now, one of the funniest things we ever did with one of those projectors is they were killing time during test week or something, and we were watching uh, Olympic high diving, and one of the guys in the room when the teacher left – uh, showed the film backwards. And if you've never seen a person explode out of the water, flip through the air, land firmly planted on a diving board, and do that little arabesque thing where they stick their hands in there and raise one foot and then walk backwards, you have missed some golden opportunities to in, in, entertain a bunch of middle school kids. But anyway, when, when I was in school, we watched those films, or you had a projector that when you changed slides went beep. So we didn't have any animation. We, we didn't have any cool stuff uh, in school. So when they were killing time during test week or, or whatever, they had these little publications that somebody made. 
And on this one particular occasion, the, the publication they gave us, and it wasn't like Weekly Reader, we were too old for that. But it was this publication that, that featured some artwork from an upcoming animated movie. Now, I'm not even going to tell you the movie. I'm not going to tell you the artist because the only thing that he did that was close to acceptable was this one movie. And the movie was actually fairly deplorable. It was uh, advertised as a movie for young people, and it, and it really wasn't. And it was badly done. The artwork, however, spoke to me. It was is a really cool type of uh, cell animation with some uh, other graphics that were done. And the, the character was an assassin, and this assassin rode this creature that had like the body of a quail, a long neck with like an animated horse's head, and then the uh, chicken-type feet of a of like a dinosaur or an ostrich. And it just in my little, you know, teenage mind, it was, it was really, really cool. It was the kind of stuff I like to try to draw anyway, and this really influenced some of the things that I would, would later draw. Anyway, this little publication had, had this artwork featured in it, and, and it was an upcoming movie. Well, lo and behold, I'm listening to the radio at home, and Q104 out of Gadsden, Alabama, is giving away tickets for a premiere of this movie. Well, I pick the phone up off the wall and dial the number, and, and I'm the X number caller, and I get the tickets. The problem is that it's only going to be shown at midnight, should be a hint that this is not really a kid's movie. It's only being shown at midnight, and it's on the north end of Anniston, Alabama. And for whatever reason, my parents acquiesced and said I could go to this midnight movie, and, and my older brother drove me there. Now, this was not an experience that he will remember or even enjoy, but we went and sat through this horrible movie. I enjoyed the animation. I didn't enjoy anything else about the movie, the plot or, or anything else. But in the opening early moments of the movie, there's this assassin guy that is after this little elf guy. And this little elf guy is riding one of these mutant chicken horses things. And he bends over and he pats it because the, the creature has been alerted to some kind of danger. And he bends over and he pats it and he says, easy, West Wind. And of all the things that I didn't take away from that movie, I took away the name West Wind. You see, Roy Rogers had a horse named Trigger. The Lone Ranger had a horse named Silver. Han Solo flew a ship called the Millennium Falcon. Boba Fett flew a, a, a ship called Slave One. And I decided that when I had a car, it would have a name. And the name that I would give my car would be West Wind. And so several years later, I emptied out this cylindrical syrup container that we'd gotten from Hardee's and repurposed as a change collector. And I dug my $250 out of it, and I bought a ugly green white top four-door 1968 Chevrolet Impala. I bought it from a dude that only had one leg, so he had this extension bar built so you could mash this this pedal with your left foot and it moved a bar to the accelerator on the right side of the car. And I bought this car and I named it West Wind. Now, there's nothing special about this car. It had a 327 engine. It had no radio. It had no air conditioner. It didn't even have a reliable radio antenna. There was a hole where that was supposed to be. 
and this became my car. Now there were guys at at uh, at school. They drove two eighty ZXs and they drove Camaros, and there was a, a, a you know the shark shaped Corvettes and there were guys with jacked up trucks and there were guys that had you know their obsession was stock cars and they had 440 Holly four barrel carburetors and all this stuff I drove this piece of junk but my piece of junk this old car had a personality and I talked to it and I talked about it and I called it West Wind and, and this old beat up piece of trash car suddenly had a personality and was cool. It wasn't a cool car. It wasn't a race car. It wasn't a sports car. It wasn't a two-door, two-seater. It had no redeeming qualities other than there was this legend that went with it. I remember being at Harding University and a friend of a friend had needed a, a ride. They were going to be at at school on the week of the weekend of their birthday and they'd never missed a birthday at home. And I gallantly volunteered that I would, hey, I'll drive you home. And so I walked into the, the lobby of the girl's dorm to pick this young lady up. And being, you know, newly minted to the Star Wars movies, I walked in and said, Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Little did I know that she had uh, worked at a theater in Florence, Alabama, and had seen the Star Wars movie every time it had ever played that preceding summer. And so uh, when she walked out and saw my old beat-up car, she delivered deadpan the line from Star Wars. You came in that? <laughs> You're braver than I thought. But West Wind just became this thing that people knew. And, and like Han Solo and Chewie, everybody associated Lonnie and West Wind. And people talked about West Wind. They called my car West Wind. When eventually I sold West Wind, I remember my brother telling a mutual friend of ours that, that I had traded cars and had replaced West Wind with a little Toyota. Her response in her office was such a gasp, and she said no, that the people in her office thought she'd received the news that someone had died. I regret selling West Wind. I had been informed that the ball joints on this old car were going to go out and that the price to replace them would be more than the car was worth and, and being a, a poor college student and being panicked about things mechanical, I traded my car. Now, I, I kept my license and registration for him and uh, tried over the years to, to find it. I did some, some title searches and we traced it all the way to Georgia. I suspect it's aluminum Coke cans by now, but it was a cool car. But the only reason it was cool, because we made it cool. And, and I'm not saying that I'm the purveyor of things that are cool. And, and I'm not saying that I'm the, the, the guy who, who is even cool myself. But I know that, that rather than being apologetic or being embarrassed or even worrying about what other people thought about my car, number one, I had a car. And number two, it was somewhat fairly reliable, uh, shocking generals aside. This old car was, 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 was my constant companion. I drove to Searcy, Arkansas from, from Oxford, Alabama, 14 different times and back in this old car. And that's a 300-mile a drive. And, and, and in those days from Oxford, Alabama, it was about an eight-hour drive. And this old car never broke down on me on the road. Now, sometimes I'd get from point A to point B, and it would stay at point B a while. 
or, or sometimes I'd get from point B to point A and it would stay at point, but I never got stranded on the road. It never broke down on me on the road. And I had this legendary car, West Wind. And the only reason it was legendary is because we made a legend about it. I wonder why it is so hard for us to be comfortable with who we are and just accept that we're a 1968 Chevrolet Impala with two gas pedals and four doors and no radio and no air. I wonder why it's so hard for us to be comfortable with who we aren't. A 1968 Chevrolet Impala with four doors no radio and no air conditioning is not a Corvette. It's not a 280ZX or a 380ZX or a 480ZX or however the numbers go on ZXs. And it's not a, a stock car. It's not a race car. It's not a sports car. It, but it's a car. And what do cars do? They get you from point A to point B and they take your friends with you. Some of the most fun I've ever had and some of the, my most memorable moments from my early young adulthood is the fact that I had this old car and was able to drive friends around in it. And, you know, I'm not sure if it was the adventures that I had in this old car or the simple fact that having this old car was the adventure. <laughs> I, I understood what it was. I understood what it wasn't. I understood that other people used it as a marker for evaluating my success or, 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 or my coolness or, or whatever. But I really came to the fact that I was comfortable with what it was, a 68 Chevrolet Impala with no radio and no air conditioner and two gas pedals. And I was was comfortable with what it was, and it wasn't a Corvette, it wasn't a Camaro, it wasn't a, a, a 380 or a 280 ZX or whatever 80s come with the ZXs. It wasn't a stock car. It, it was a 68 Chevrolet Impala, and I named it West Wind. And then there were other people who thought that I had to be worried about what my car looked like or sounded like or how it drove. I had a friend who had a car that was much nicer, but he also made car payments on it. And when I could make choices to go and do, he often had to make a choice simply to work to pay for the car. And I'm not really sure who owned who. Did he own the car or did the car own him? I wonder what would happen if, if the people in our lives if we just accepted who they were and just accepted who they weren't and and made peace with the fact that sometimes they made other people uncomfortable. And I'm not talking about ignoring things that don't need to be ignored. I'm not talking about enabling bad behavior. You know, when I say accept who you are and accept who you aren't, that is accepting, E-X-C-E-P-T-I-N-G, that we're talking about issues that require maturity or spirituality or accountability or sociability. But I am talking about accepting, A-C-C-E-P-T-I-N-G, the idea that this is who I am. It's a 68 Chevrolet Impala and it doesn't have a radio and it doesn't have an air conditioner. Now, I'm not going to ignore the fact that it doesn't have headlights. I, I can't drive it at night, so I've got to add the headlights. I'm not going to ignore the fact the brakes are bad. I'm not going to ignore the fact that the tires are bald. But I'm not going to let my value come from other people's assessment of my success or my coolness or my worth because of the uh, 
what the car is and what the car is not. I remember an old guy, I think, at a shop in Mississippi. I'd pulled over for something, and he looked under the hood and looked at me and said, man, that 327 been there and back, hadn't it? Well, yeah, it had been. But, you know, I understood what I was driving. I was driving a 1968 Chevrolet Impala with no radio and no air conditioner and two gas pedals, and I named it West Wind. And the things I could do to make sure it had headlights, make sure the brakes worked, make sure it had good tires, make sure it had good windshield wipers. And I made peace with what it was. I made peace with what it wasn't. And I was comfortable with the fact that other people saw it with disdain, but they didn't really get to vote on it. Now, did they? I wonder what would happen if we treated other people that way and, and, and really what would happen if we treated ourselves that way. We spend so much of our time worrying about what we're not that we never really adventure and celebrate what we actually are. We never give ourselves that status. It's interesting. You can take a 68 Chevrolet Impala and name it West Wind. You can take a, an old Toyota truck and call it the Tactical Toyota. And everybody else in town has a Tacoma. But when you give it a name, or you give it a title, or you give it a personality, you give it a designation, then it really doesn't matter what it is or what it isn't. It, it really matters about how you see it. I wonder what, what would happen if, if the people in our lives understood that we accepted who they were and accepted who they weren't. And we accepted the fact that some of their behaviors made other people uncomfortable. And we're not talking about dysfunction and we're not talking about toxicity, but we're just talking about being comfortable in our own skin. You see, there was nothing really special about West Wind other than the fact that I gave him a name. And, and rather than refer to him as my car or refer to him as that beat up old Chevy, I always called him West Wind. And then there was nothing special about him except the fact that I treated him as if he was special. What would happen if we treated ourselves, and actually more importantly, if we treated other people special? Not, not, not maybe because there's anything special about them, but we just treated them as if they were special. Maybe I just behave in your life as if I loved you, as if I forgave you, as if we were friends. If I superimposed that on you, then the fact that you were a 1968 Chevrolet Impala with no radio and no air conditioner and two gas pedals wouldn't really matter. Because the only thing that the only thing required for something to be special is that I decide personally to make it special. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the Youth Ministry Book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, A Christ-Centered Approach to Spiritual Self-Esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. 
And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.